Welcome back to another episode of Daily Reality. I am Ryan Daly, once again, accompanied by my wife, as always. Amanda Daly. Uh, last episode, we talked about brands. Uh, we had our little ones, very needy. If you made it to the end of that episode, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm pretty sorry. We you. <laughs> Listening it back, listening to it back, we can definitely tell that we were extremely distracted by our two children. Um, if you don't know, we have a new daughter who is four months old, yep. Joliet, and we also have a little two-year-old puppy, Remington, and they were extremely needy. And we did talk about brands. We did. And brand, being a brand ambassador on your reality TV show, and what some previous and current reality stars were talking about and selling and marketing. Um, and then I feel like we went a little rogue, but we did reel it back in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we kind of gave a little glimpse into our lives as well at the end of the episode. Yep. Um, but this week we're gonna take a little bit of a different turn. I'm gonna uh, kind of relate to the the men that listen to the podcast, which is like one percent. Actually, 21%. We have a 21% audience of males. So let's see. Thank you to some of Ryan's followers. (laughs) So, all the we have a 77% female follow and then a 1.5% of non. Oh, male. No. um, They doesn't. Oh, they don't choose a gender. Yes. I I literally looked at the stats before we started. So, for all the females out here, don't turn it up. Don't turn it up. We're still talking about reality TV, yes, baby. We are. Okay? Yeah. You know, get your men in your life to, to listen to the, this episode, you know. And also, give us some more ideas for stuff for yes. the dudes to talk about. So, my question for you to start, because that's how I kind of like to start every episode. You is love to ask me questions. Ask you a question. Um, I mean, you can always come up with a question. Oh, I'm fine with it. Would you consider a documentary reality TV? Absolutely, 100%. I think, like, how could you get reality TV without what what originated as documentaries and docu-series? Right. So, before we get into the topic, we'll talk about this a little bit. I agree. I do think, I, I do think that certain documentaries are reality TV. Like, documentaries of... Like things that are going on current that are like put together like as they are happening what could be considered reality TV. Documentaries that are talking about like things that happened in the past, like for example, like uh how to get uh, um what was Making that? a murder. Making a murderer. That's a documentary, but I wouldn't consider that Did you really watch that? No, but so that's how do you know what it is? Because that's a documentary. Yes. But would you consider that? A- I would consider it, yeah, reality TV because it's a Chris, Chris, uh, Stephen Avery's reality of what has happened in his life that has now put him behind bars, essentially. Okay. And then also his fight to for freedom. So yeah, that's reality TV because it's his reality. It's documenting somebody's real life and things they're going through. So which like, is really, what reality TV is? Like we watched the Manti Teo documentary. Oh, so if you have not watched this. It's on Netflix. Yes. Tell them what it's about. It's about Manta Teo, who is a um, a football player from Hawaii. 
who went to Notre Dame, who was like a you know, top of the line linebacker, um, who this was like the beginning ages of Facebook. Yeah. Uh, he met this girl on Facebook who turned out to be a catfish. Which we only defined the term catfish in our present day as being someone who is right. fishing other people on the internet, not as themselves. Right. Not to be confused with the sw- things that swims in the water that people catch and eat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so his grandmother passed away during his senior year at Notre Dame. And then his girlfriend, online girlfriend that he never met, the who, was the, who was this catfish, also died so we won't get too much into it but essentially it is about a sports player an athlete which and it's about what happened to him in real life and how like media and the world reacted to it given the fact that he was in a position of fame he was a a very famous athlete he was a really well-known athlete he also was very spiritual he also was very good looking so there was a lot of like stipulations around it but it's a really good i would say reality documentary whatever you want to call it um if you haven't watched it definitely i would check it out definitely highly recommended to watch so that kind of brings me to the point of what this episode it's going to be is about sports. I am a big sports person. I used to be part of a Bruins podcast. I am a very big hockey player, hockey watcher, hockey fan. Uh, player. So, I. Not I'm, player, player, hockey player. <laughs> I said hockey player. I know. <laughs> You just make a joke? Yes. I think I'm funny. <laughs> if I had a long <laughs> Um, so some of the like the documentaries that I've been what actually kind of sparked my thought of this topic is I started watching that Welcome to Wrexham, which you kind of saw a little bit last night. And for the people who don't know about this, it's about Ryan Reynolds and oh, Rob McElhaney. They together bought a Welsh soccer team, or for our fans that aren't American, football football, football team uh, called Wrexham. And, uh, I mean, it was a documentary about the process of them, you know, putting the bid in to buy the team, them getting the team, the upgrades they're doing for the team. I mean, long story short, this team has been in probably one of the lowest professional soccer leagues um they actually put a stat was like for the premier league which is the top of the top like the average salary for a person in that league is like three million dollars i think actually more than that it's more than that but i think like the minimum salary is like three million the average salary for the league that this rexham team is is 30 I don't know how, I mean, that's a lot of money, but I just don't know how to relate that to other, because I feel like athletes in general, it doesn't even matter what type of sport they play, they're making crazy money. And even if they don't play and they just like sit on the sideline, they make way more money than we'll ever see. But I mean, a, a professional a professional soccer player only making $30,000 a year? Oh, I thought you said, never mind. I guess I misheard. Did you think I said $300,000? Yeah. No, 30000 <laughs> 30, So like. But is that American money? Well, it's 30,000 pounds, which it would come, actually, it would be less than that in America because the American dollar is stronger than the pound. 
So it would be like twenty seven thousand, twenty eight thousand. You know, shit, I definitely misheard. Yeah, so like that was you know, and that was kind of the difficulty that this team found itself in was being in a lower division, not being able to get the revenue to get put like better players Mm -hmm. in to pay these players, you know desirable wage and try to get this team and as you move up in leagues more you know more revenue comes in per team so right uh, but you have to be dedicated and good players and then you also have to pay to get good players you have to have good ownership kind of like a chicken and egg really yep so i mean that kind of got my interest and then like there's some other shows that you've watched with me uh hard knocks yeah, so tell the people what Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks, uh, they follow. They've actually doing two now. They do a preseason Hard Knocks, which they follow uh, one of the NFL teams in the preseason. And, and is that on Netflix too? That is on HBO. That's okay. an HBO show. Um, and then the the um, Bulk of the Rexum is on FX. So uh, talk about Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is they follow NFL team through like the preseason. Um, I kind of, you know, they have to get the rosters down to like a fifty-three uh, man roster before the season starts. Like they go through the coaches, like training these players, cutting these players, like learning these players' stories, and then they also have the mid-season hard knocks, which I believe the first they did it was last season. I forget what team they did last season, but this season they did the Arizona Cardinals, and you were watching the you. <laughs> Ironically, it was the game that they played against the Patriots, and then you see Kyla Murray, who blew his ACL out, and then you saw, like, that whole... Um, so you really, like, see these these emotions of these players, and, you know, you, you see them more than just, you know, somebody on the field. I just want to interject, for all of you non-sports fans, <laughs> um, I actually sort of enjoy watching it. I'll watch it here and there with Ryan, but the reason I like it is because... Um, aside from the sports jargon he was just talking about, they kind of like mic up the players or like yeah. use their the players' mics, and some of the stuff they say is really actually pretty funny. Um, it's almost like they're little comedians on the field, or yeah. like the way they speak to each other, or how they hype each other up. It kind of like almost makes me like have a little like twinkle in my eye for like the fact that they're it makes them more seem more like real people and not just these like robots on a field playing this game they like you know encourage each other like or they get mad at themselves or mad at like a play or mad at a ref or whatever it is and then also i like when they show their them in the classroom like kind of the other side of like what they do to prepare that's more you know because i love to educate and learn that other side that that it's not just about what they're training and physically doing and the on the field and it's not about what they're just doing in like a weight room but it's also about what they're studying and i think it's like so crazy to think of players like watching hours of footage and like memorizing how certain coaches coach and how certain players play and there's like so much more it's kind of i think i enjoyed one of those like tom brady one documentary things too where he like talked about basically the science behind how he performs the way he performs and again that is this reality team yeah, and it, it's just, it shows you that, you know, there's a lot more than that goes into, like, any game, whether it's, you know, football, American football, European football, hockey, baseball, basketball, rugby. Like, there's a lot more that goes into 
into like the actual games itself and what we see on the surface it's like it's like an iceberg you know you see what's on t what they broadcast you see what's on tv and it's like these shows give you that nice little glimpse behind the scene um and the, i don't know I, for me I look so what i kind of wanted to talk about was <laughs> is that like i tend to like when i watch these i tend to like become more of a fan of these teams yeah because you see them as real people right. and not just these robots on a field right and you see it more than you see more than just the logo yeah so like a big thing for me is i'm a big bruins fan and i watched the toronto maple leafs all or nothing which is all or nothing was is another like hard knocks, but they do they mostly do soccer teams like in the Premier League or football teams. Um, but they've done. And where is that? Where can people? That's on Amazon Prime. We but... obviously have every system to watch every <laughs> show. <laughs> but they've done the Carolina Panthers in the past. They've done the. Um, you know I love my Panthers. Yeah, that's why I brought that up. They did the New New Zealand All Blacks. Which is the rugby team, the international rugby team for New Zealand, obviously. Why do I like the Panthers? Cam Newton. And the colors. The colors. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I knew you like Cam Newton, and then you like Cam Newton when he came here. Well, I follow. So, okay, I'm gonna spiral for a second. Okay. I followed Chris Lane, the country singer, on okay. Instagram. And he was, like, at, like, a watch party or something for, like, a football game. And he's, I don't know if he's from Carolina or if he's just a Carolina fan. I don't know why. But he posted some stuff about them. And I was like, ooh, I like those colors. And it was when I was first, like, getting involved in really watching football with you and not just, like, I'm only watching the Patriots. <laughs> and I was like, I actually enjoy watching football as I'm more learning about it. Yeah. And that's American football. Um. And so, yeah, I became, like, I fell in love with the colors, and I, I liked Cam Newton because he was different, and he wore, like, crazy clothes and, like, all different, like, weird suits, and, like, I just, I thought he was cool. And so then I became a Carolina Panther. And then Cam Newton came to the Patriots, and now he doesn't play for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for my TED Talk. <laughs> I mean, like, I think we both, I mean, we enjoy our New England teams, the Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics. But, oh, because we're from here. Yes. Yeah. But we also have our, our fans. Like, you you like the Panthers. I like and, the Titans. And why do you like the Titans? I like the Titans because of Eddie George. But Eddie and That's Steve what started and McNair, it. Yeah. And now you really love... Derek Henry. <laughs> King Henry. Big you got a big Derek fan. Henry, a big yeah. fan. I think Ryan has a uh, Derek Henry jersey. He has Titans socks. He has a Titans hat. A Titans yeah. koozie. Yep. We always have koozies. We have to put that plug yes. in there for koozies. Yes, we are. I also you like the Red Wings. Why? Yep. Why did you like the Red Wings? So I'm a big Red Wings fan. That happened in the '90s. The Red Wings. For anyone who is a hockey fan, um, it was a documentary actually on ESPN. It I can't think of it, but it was the Red Wings Avalanche in the '90s. Great watch. That's what got my interest was in the 90s, the Detroit Red Wings were one of the best teams in the NHL. And this was at a point in my life I'm, where I was able to like a team on my own, not just being from, you know, being from Boston, yeah. liking the Bruins. I mean, I like the Bruins, the Bru but the Bruins were that team in the 90s that was like, they would make the playoffs and they lose in the first round. Right. The Red Wings, though, they had like... Some of the greatest players you've ever seen. Steve Eisman, Sergei Fedorov, Igor Konstantinov, Larianov. Like, they had the Russian fire. They were, like, 
just such a fun team to watch. And then the rivalry between the Red Wings and the Avalanche was just something that the hockey hasn't seen, hasn't seen since and hasn't seen probably since the Broad Street Bullies and the, um, the Big Bad Bruins. All right, our and, fans are my age. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that know, much older than you, but like I am a big, but this is like showing how much of a hockey fan I, I but am. But I feel, I feel like it kind of goes back to you were like learning how to love watching watching the sport and not just being like, oh, I'm from here. This is the team I need to root right, for. And that's right. kind of how I felt about the Carolina Panthers. And I, that's why they have that little special place in my heart, which yep. I also have a Panthers jersey. Yes. And a koozie. And, and a t-shirt. Socks. And Panthers socks. <laughs> um, but I feel like, yeah, it's kind of nice to look at it from that aspect, especially from a New England standpoint, because we have been very fortunate to have a lot of winning teams. Yes. For at least our lifetimes. And we're very lucky. Yeah, especially starting in the 2000s, we were very spoiled with the Patriots winning All the time. six, six or seven, six, six, the Celtics winning one, the Bruins winning one, and the Red Sox winning four, I think. Look at me like I know all the answers. That was a more of a I know there was a lot of parades. Of I yes. know that I made a lot of money waitressing. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we were very spoiled you know, in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. I would say, um, for our sports teams. But it's nice to, you know, kind of be a fan of other teams. But what I was getting at is, after watching the Toronto Maple Leafs docuseries, <laughs> I, which, the, <laughs> which the Maple Leafs and the Bruins are rivals, Yeah, like, I kind of had this little, like, oh, you know, I'm, like, rooting for them after watching it. Because it was that... That series was during the pandemic. You saw the human side of that. Yeah, I mean, and I like Austin Matthews. I mean, he is probably one of the the best American-born players. I mean, even though he is on the Maple Leafs, but and just his story being from Arizona, which at that like when he came to the league, not a lot of people from. Wait, they have ice rinks in Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, at a college, actually, is where they're playing right now. I'm just giving Ryan crap because he, when I first met him, would not <laughs> let us move to Texas because he said, in places like that, it's too hot and you can't, there's no ice rinks. There's well, no, they're indoors. There's no, pond, there's no hockey. pond hockey. Let's ask Ryan, how often do you skate on a pond? At least once a year. Sometimes. Until, or you <laughs> think into it yeah. once a year when it's too warm. Right. Oh, my God. The only thing I know about the Toronto Maple Leafs is when we played them one time in playoffs and I shared a meme on a thing on Facebook. I think it was on Facebook that said, squash the Leafs. It was a little baby that, like, ate, like, a blue uh, cupcake, yeah, yeah. all of them. <laughs> and they had, like, a little Toronto Maple Leaf logo in its hands. That's all I know about them. So that is also my little soapbox belt. Yeah. For the ladies listening. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, I I tend to, like, kind of fall into these teams there in these doc, like, these docuseries. And it's, it kind of gets, it makes it a little, little tough when they're your rivals, so. But, I know, but I think it really makes you appreciate, like I said, the human side, the, the the actual trueness and dedication that these athletes have for the game. Um, and I really, I I feel like it just makes me think about the rewatch, relisten podcast that we're listening to, yeah. because it's it's sort of making you see something from a different angle. And yeah. obviously, right now, um, I am rewatching 
uh, Laguna Beach season two because Laguna Beach season two rewatch re-listen podcast with Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti has just come out this week. And so I'm I'm paralleling I'm paralleling this yeah, to no, your so your your docu series where you're watching and learning what they're doing behind the scenes during these games is kind of like what they're doing with this rewatch and it's really just so interesting how they pieced this reality show together to really be whatever MTV wants reality to be and it kind of it does it gives you more of that human side of them it's not just this guy's the player this girl's right. the villain. This person's in a love triangle. It's, well, MTV wanted it to be this way, or MTV filmed it this way, or MTV told me to wear these clothes that day, or MTV. And it's just really very, I think, interesting to see that other side in any kind of show or yeah. thing you're watching. I mean, you brought up the, you know, the, the rewatch podcasts. Um, we've mentioned to on this previous episodes that uh, we are we are listening to the Boy, Boy Meets World rewatch, and it's just it's funny. Now they're into season two now, and it's kind of funny seeing their reaction from season one to season two, mm-hmm. and the big jump that it's made. And so, I mean, it does. It definitely gives it a human element to um, pretty much everything. Like, I mean, you have insight to the their yeah. actors in in Boy Meets World, obviously, right. but it gives you an insight to them where you actually hear them talk about. Did you notice that was Ben Savage and it wasn't, you know, right. Corey Matthews? And it's like, yeah. oh shit! Like, wow, these are real people, and even though they're acting, there's going to be times where their real life personality is going to come out. Right. Yeah, it it shows the human element that yeah. you know it's not. Everything you see on the screen is, you know, rainbows and unicorns that there is real people behind behind what you're seeing. And I think that's why I I draw to um these like docuseries of all these sports teams is because I do like the I do like to see the behind the scenes. I like to see I mean you don't really get to see the, the deep dives into the coaches or I like, like to see people's Reality. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, we are getting Ryan Daly to appreciate reality. Too. As we are learning, as we are continuing doing this, you know, podcast that reality TV is a big spectrum of a lot of things, and and I feel like some a lot of people just label it as your typical like Kardashian teen mom Beverly yeah. Hills. Uh, you know, wives and whatever. Yeah. And that's not what it is. No, it's not. And I'm not, I like, I, I know I, st- I stated at the beginning that, you know, uh, our male audience, um, I know there is, I know a lot of guys, I have guy friends that watch reality TV. Of course. Like, so I'm not trying to. I mean, we are watching The Circle. We yes. avidly told them that we're watching The Circle. Yep. Which we'll get to in a further episode. Yeah. We, yeah. Finished they, watching. They just released. Um, when I say seven more episodes, so yes. we'll probably spend this weekend uh catching up on it. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can talk about it next. Yeah. So our next podcast, we should be able to discuss the circle, which is we went into that game shows are kind of your thing. Yeah. Game and, shows are yeah. Which reality are TV reality TV that have reality TV. Re- oh my gosh, reality TV shows that have sort of game show esque. Yeah. You have one more thing you were going to talk about? No, um, there's just a bunch. There's a bunch of different. If people are looking to kind of get into these types of reality shows or watch these, there is 
the hard knocks that we discussed um if you are from the massachusetts area um you can watch behind the b which is the bruins like, cool, I like that um the thing all right i'm gonna get on a little soapbox about this because nesson is it has to be one of the worst broadcasting ch- i mean we nesson go <laughs> home you're drunk <laughs> we we were watching the bruins one night and the feed just got stuck and it just kept on saying what was it no rice no, no rice, rice no, no rice, rice repeatedly no rice. and then you we took to twitter and it was just we were just hitting oh, the hysterics. comments on twitter are were just like <laughs> Let me guess, there's no rice. Yeah, which is A+. But Nesson does not, you can't, I might be wrong, they might have changed this, but I know I've looked for it in the past, but on, like, Nesson On Demand, like, the Behind the Bee episodes aren't there. Do you have to, like, go to, like, the Nesson website to watch the episode? What is the point of, if you have the service, why aren't you? Or you have have to watch it live when it gets aired. Oh, like, back in the, like, 90s early 2000s when you had to watch things as they aired yeah and you couldn't go on demand see everything whenever right but we're in 2023 right where we can literally go on youtube and rewatch but then again the people who are running this and probably still think it is 1990s because they are 100 year old we definitely put ryan on a soapbox because he's always positive (laughs) and this is a little negative that that's a another one um all or nothing like i mentioned there is a bunch of different um like teams that if you want to like kind of they've been doing it since 2016 um so they've been doing it for what seven years now so if you were looking for a specific team they might have it on that and then they have the road to the winter classic yeah you didn't talk about that one so the road to the winter classic is their kind of like they kind of go into both teams um again uh, NHL. It used to be on HBO. Now I don't even know what it's on. Um, is the Winter Classic like is that a game that is that's played just for fun, or is it like actually count towards? Their- no, that game actually counts. Um, it's it's still uh, expert ex expert. Is it always on New Year's Day? Yes. Is it always in Boston? No. It seems like that because the I'm Bruins just trying to figure it out. The Bruins have been in the Winter Classic four times. And what? Now. Why? How do you get chosen? Um, just how the games fall. Yeah, it's just however the NHL wants to to play it up. So this year, um, we're gonna kind of go off topic a little bit here. This year, the the owners of Fenway, the owners of Red Sox who own Fenway, who actually also own Nesson. Oh dear. They, that makes us look bad. <laughs> they bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Bruins played the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Winter Classic this year. So it was kind of like a pre-setup. Um because they they announced that the they announced that the Bruins were gonna be at Fenway again, which they already did Fenway. Ten years ago, I think it was. Uh, and they played the Flyers, and then they played at Gillette Stadium. They played at um, Notre Dame, actually, against the Blackhawks, and then the back here at Fenway. So, but next year the Winter Classic is actually going to be in Seattle, which is the new expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. They're going to be playing the Vegas Golden Knights. And you also like? I like the I like the Golden Knights. I like that story their first year um, of them 
kind of being a new team and going all the way to the Stanley Cup, which was very, you know, storybook, I guess. Yeah, it was like, it was um, TV show-esque. Yes. Uh, but the Road to the Winter Classic, they kind of do like a little docu docu-series up to the Winter Classic. Of like so, the, did you watch it this to that era? No, they haven't put out this year's, which I'm going to keep an eye out for. Maybe I'll watch it. it with you. Um, I watched the ones in the past that used to be on HBO, but I haven't watched the last few years. I honestly, I kind of forgot about it until I was looking up. So, I topics for this episode. Yeah. So, um, can I interject? We Absolutely. have a couple more minutes before we wrap up. I know we're we're getting there. I know. The only val of value that I have that anything is sports related in reality TV is that I told you I watched coming out with Colton on Netflix. Yeah. Which was about Colton his last name is Wood. Um, he was a NFL football player. He did not actually play in any games, but he was, he was practice squad. He was practice squad. Um, but he was also on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. So he was a contestant on The Bachelorette, didn't make it to the end, was then made The Bachelor, went all the way to the end, dated a girl for several years, and then um, basically ended up breaking up with her. It was a really bad breakup. And then he ended up coming out um, on national TV. It was a big deal because it's like a really big thing in the NFL. There are not a lot of openly gay NFL players. No. Um, there also is like a really big stigma about around college football and like athletes being gay. And also he happens to be from like the Midwest where like religion is really big and he was like very super uber Catholic. That also was something that like held him sort of in the closet. Very interesting documentary. Lots that we could possibly dive into about those topics, but just to like kind of touch on my version of reality TV slash sports player. If you're interested in something that's not super sportsy, ladies, <laughs> you can check out this uh, documentary. And I, I thought it was really interesting how he openly came out and the way he did it and how he kind of like started with his family and then his friends and then his pastor and, and his high school coach and kind of how he talked to some other NFL players that had been had come out and were openly gay in the league and they did some of them that did play and just like making history in the in that it was such a taboo and it's I'm hoping we're getting away from that yeah I think the only player that I remember that was openly gay which I think was the first kind of um that the NFL got of it was Sam Smith, who, not to be confused with the singer Sam Smith, but he um, he was an openly gay football player. I think he came out or like announced it when he was at college and they got drafted. I want to say to... Is he a soccer player or a football player? Football player. Sam Smith. Yeah. That, I can't remember. There was There was like three of them, I think, on the documentary. Um, that were open and about it. And I think I think that's what his name is. Um, I'm like ninety five percent sure his name was Sam. Well, it was really intense for me, like hearing Colton talk about hearing them come out and him not standing up and saying anything, but being part of the problem and kind right. of like being like, "Oh, why is this happening?" Blah blah blah. When 
really in his brain he's like i am that way too unless he was just in denial well i think he was partially in denial he was scared i think he was confused there's a whole bunch of stuff that we could dive into but i just thought for the ladies if they want to watch something that's sort of sportsy but sort of reality but also documentary and it's got the uh, bachelor and bachelorette tied to it as well yeah yeah so full circle close it up so but I'm really proud of you for leading this episode and <laughs> for sharing how much you really love reality. <laughs> yes, my version of reality TV, which is very sports driven. Yep. I would really love if we could get some emails from anybody listening about what their thoughts are about what they feel like they've maybe learned about reality TV or how they maybe look at reality TV a little different after listening to some. Yeah, absolutely. Any. You know, any and all feedback um, greatly appreciated. We've been really so, trying to push our Instagram account. Yep, it's yep. Make sure you follow us, uh, Instagram daily underscore reality. I've been pushing that hardcore. I'm learning. Yeah. How to toggle between two two accounts. <laughs> I have to toggle between three. Oh, fancy. <laughs> How she treat me? <laughs> <laughs> so please, if you don't have a um, if you're not following us, give us a follow. That's daily underscore reality on Instagram. Our email address is dailyreality at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, hoping again. I know we say this probably at the end of the last three episodes, but I really am hoping that we're gonna get some friends on here to discuss some of their thing ideas about reality TV. Um, and then eventually, hopefully, get some special guests. I'm gonna. Hardcore, stop my social media. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. I mean, I, I feel we're we're getting into a groove now. We're getting into a good place where I think we could start bringing people on and seeing other people's perspective of reality TV, whether they like it or not. I mean, we're open to any conversation about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really thankful for the platform to be able to use this as a way for us to connect and spend time with each other and talk with our friends about what, what we love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good way for us to just even just talk for a half hour without any interruption any inter- for the most part, yes. except for last week's episode. <laughs> except for last week. I mean, luckily this week we have your parents here. Yep. So they're watching the other two. So we're, this is a much less distracted episode. Yeah. Um, On that note, is dinner time. Yes, I can smell it. I am starving. Thank you guys so much for your support. And we are definitely looking forward to next week's episode. Yep. And we will uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Bye.